David, I've got a new favorite podcast, and I hope the only thing I steal from them is the way they do their intro. This is the Fantasy Finish Line podcast, guys, and we're going to talk about the NFC East and the AFC East. Oh, he called me David. Who gets frostbite in the summer? I just got to know that. Did he go to Antarctica? Antonio Brown. Yes. I think is the answer to your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is Antonio Brown? I always, I got to remember any time I could be playing Jeopardy, so. <laughs> you never know. Like, I woke up from a nightmare the other night and Alex Trebek was right over top of me. Was but, he waiting for the response in the form of a question? No, it turns out he's like a, a, a great uncle and he actually just came over. Oh, so you have a Canadian uncle. None of this is true. Oh, this was, you know, I liked where this was going. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight, or whenever it is that you do happen to be listening to this. I assume before the NFL season starts this year. Um, tonight we're starting our preseason slate of shows. We're going to go over the NFC East and the AFC East. We'll trade off some teams. We'll talk about um, what is going on with them and uh you know uh dave i think you're gonna kick us off with the um who who are they 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 won what's their name i can't remember their name i really want to know i feel like they've got a a thom bundy is that his name definitely a thom in there yeah yeah Hold on, I'm just tweeting something real quick. You're just tweeting them. <laughs> uh, this is a little behind the scenes for I'm you just, folks. I'm twittering around. All right, we'll be we'll be here in one second. Ice, ice, baby. Remember, ice, folks, if you pick up a the right, musical stop, theme, collaborate and listen. Let ice us know. With the brand new invention, something and we will send you a prize. Tightly, flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights, huh? And I'll blow. Stream, I rock a mic like a vandal. Light up a stage and wax a chump like a candle. Dance, rush the speaker that booms. I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom. Deadly, when I play a dope melody. Anything less than the best is a felony. Love it or leave it. You better gain weight. You better hit the bulls out. The kid don't play. And if there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. I haven't heard that in a long time, I gotta say. It reminds me of something else. I can't quite put my, you know, finger on it. What? I feel a lot of pressure trying to figure it out, though. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> That's my new thing, is figuring out plagiarized songs. So you've got, what, two now? You've got two? <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to take credit for learning for this one. It's working out. Yes. Uh, but yeah, we can, we can go ahead and start. If anybody has any questions during the broadcast, because we are live on Mixler, uh, please go ahead and shoot us your questions and comments via the chat. Uh, functionality on either your app or on the website and i would also like to know if people are more interested in the app functionality like on the go podcast or if people are at home listening on a desktop computer i think i know the answer already i think i know that most people are listening to podcasts now wherever they are as opposed to just being uh, like a home docking station but i'm not sure yeah i think you're right i definitely um you know i listen to a lot of podcasts and they're all on my phone so as much of a desktop 
fan as I am, I, I'm definitely always listening on my phone. He just won't let it die. When everyone gets the microchips, he's going to be like, can I still buy a desktop PC? Can I still sit in front of a computer, please? Is it? Please. Can I get a monitor? <laughs> I want a big monitor. Uh, so the New England Patriots, obviously we're talking AFC, and we're going to go back and forth, uh, Jason and I, from the divisions, just so that we don't put anybody to sleep. But what's really interesting here is there's a lot of new players. So one of the first things we're going to talk about is what changed since last year. And for the Patriots, for example, Rob Gronkowski is now retired. And we talked about this for the past couple of years. He always was complaining about uh, body injuries, um, physical pain, etc. And he seems like he wants smash. to be involved in more of a, um, a Hollywood kind of commercial situation. And so he's gone, uh, you know, to the pasture. But since he is still sort of a younger guy, how old is he? Like uh, 31 or something? 30? Yeah, I think he's probably about 30. Um, uh, you know, he was only drafted in 2010. Yeah, so yeah, we... he's 30. So we still... 30 earlier, earlier this year. We still think maybe there's a possibility he comes back, especially if the Patriots are doing well and Belichick calls up his cell phone. But you never know. At this point, we have to consider him retired. And uh, Dwayne Allen uh, has also left, who's another tight end out there. So they they definitely needed some depth at tight end. They signed Matt Lacoste from the Broncos and Ben Watson, who was on the Saints. But the interesting thing about him is he actually played with Tom Brady from 2004 to 2009 at the beginning of his career. Yep. So you know that Brady wanted him back. Those two old guys probably still have a connection. And if you remember last year and the year before... They can complain about young kids and technology. <laughs> sure. He actually did pretty well. Uh, he was he was uh, doing decently when he needed to to be used for first downs, etc. Which is what tight ends predominantly are, unless you're a Gronkowski or a Kelsey or a Kittle. So those guys are are around now, and uh, not much else has has really changed besides uh, with the running backs. Besides adding Damian Harris, uh, who was a third round rookie, to push Sony Michelle, and they've got quite a few wide receivers. They drafted Nikhil Harry and Jacoby Myers is an undrafted free agent. And former Redskin Maurice Harris and former Bear and St. Cameron Meredith. Does so, he count as a Saint? I don't think he ever really played with them. Uh, he was injured as a Saint, that's for sure. He was like, he wore <laughs> a jersey that said Saints on it. That's true. He was paid by the Saints, so I suppose that counts. That's right. So that's what's changed. Uh, talking about who on the wide receiver side is a possible breakout and we always talk about third-year breakouts. So if there are any of those specifically on these teams, we should definitely call those out. Sure. And then what started as third-year breakouts years ago when we started Drink 5 has really turned into second-year breakouts as well, I would say. It all depends, Not right? that it's the case for this team, but I think a lot of a lot of wide receivers are able to break out in their second year now. Well, well when, you, when you put a stamp on it and you say it has to be a third year, then you, you really lose a lot of flexibility you don't necessarily need to lose. True. Right. Uh, but second, third, fourth, fifth, the point is younger wide receivers need more time to develop in the system. And so a lot of those guys uh, are not performing straight when they're a rookie, especially in a team like the Patriots that have what has always been considered to be a pretty complicated system. So you've got guys that are coming in and then they leave or they get fired by the team because they can't understand the playbook. So uh, it does take a number of years generally for, for these wide receivers to really break out. Uh, undrafted free agent Jacoby Myers 
are uh, people are, are talking about him at camp right now and saying that he has been fantastic. But it's pretty yeah. tough to to bring any into that into to reality. Um, so I want to talk about guys that are more veterans. Philip Dorsett, who's a fifth-year guy, and Maurice Harris, who's a fourth-year guy. Now, the Patriots re-signed Philip Dorsett, who was on the team last year, and Maurice Harris is a new guy from the Redskins. Dorsett plays more outside snaps than Harris, and he is a guy who has a lot of good speed, um, but he's a smaller guy, and his draft pedigree is a first-rounder from 2015, and he runs a 4 3 so pretty great outside, deep uh, talent guy. Um, if there's no Josh Gordon around, which I'm sure we'll, we'll cover later, then Philip Dorsett seems to be that guy who's going to be that, that outside um, offensive threat. Maurice, yeah, for him, I hope so. I mean, he's been on the team a couple of years and hasn't been able to make a splash yet. Well, we just, I mean, sometimes it does take a couple of years, right? Sure, yeah. Maurice Harris is more of a slot guy, but he does also play some outside snaps. And he's a bigger guy. He's 6'3", 205, which is something that's a little unusual uh, as a slot receiver. So we may see him convert to more of a possession receiver or be something along the lines of a Brandon Marshall kind of character. But he doesn't possess that kind of raw talent. It's going to have to be kind of pushed out of him. Who is a sleeper that you can draft? I like Philip Dorsett, and, and I know you expressed some uh, some negative thoughts about, about how he has been on the team for a year or two and hasn't really done much, but uh, he's, my mind at ease, Dave. he's not being drafted in fantasy leagues right now. He has an ADP of 300, and a lot of these guys do. It basically means they're just out of the picture. So when we look at these kinds of things, ADP for their positional stats or overall, we're talking about fantasy pros aggregate consensus rankings. Of average draft position. And when you get down to a certain point, which is past the 20th round, I, f- I feel like everyone's just throwing players out there. So that, that number doesn't matter to me. The Honestly, point is, I feel like the, even the 15th round could be a cutoff. Sure. The, the point is, after a certain amount of time, you're just out of the of the major picture right right it's just random people taking a flyer on you which would bump you up from 300 so i don't care if your adp is 350 or 250 it doesn't really matter that you're 100 different those guys are all just not likely to make a splash according to fantasy professionals agreed um anyway if you follow the money he was given a five hundred thousand dollar bonus this offseason and looking at guys like inman and thomas and harris and davis and myers those guys were all given less I don't have the exact number amounts here, but I think it's something like uh, Inman got 400k. Thomas is around 250 or 300. Uh, Harris was a little bit less, and Myers all the way down to like fifty thousand dollars as a bonus. Usually, in teams what a like terrible bonus. Well, teams like this, <laughs> teams like this specifically, you can usually tell uh, who the teams care about by how much money they pay them that they don't have to, because otherwise those players might go somewhere else. Okay. Um, he was without. Without uh, Josh Gordon in the lineup, playing at a wide receiver three or four pace with 60% more targets than he had previously while Josh Gordon was still in the lineup. So he was playing for uh, several games there without Gordon, as you would expect someone who is being drafted as a wide receiver three or four to perform. That is the information that I want to give out to you guys, just saying that if you were to get him in the last round of your draft, he has a possibility of playing up to those standards, because he already has, if Josh Gordon doesn't end up playing and all the other guys don't end up working out, which normally for the Patriots, they don't. Let's be honest. It's true. And I think that the most important thing with the Patriots is that um, whoever it is is going to be able to develop a rapport with Tom Brady. 
Because if you don't have that, none of the coaches are going to be able to force Tom Brady to throw the ball to you. It's only going to be up to, to Brady. Sure. So not a lot of studs on this particular team. Pretty much between Julian Edelman and Sony Michelle. Julian Edelman has an ADP of 43. Sony Michelle 52 <sighs> right now. Edelman finished as a W or 2 or better in 75% of his games last year. And is generally Brady's favorite target. They did draft Nikhil Harry. We'll see if that changes at all. Uh, Sony Michelle is a guy who really performed last year as the short yardage and goal line back. He got a lot of points in very few games, but the Patriots still did sometimes not go to him. They, they tend to change the, the whole uh, way they manage games based on who they're playing, how they feel that uh, a particular defense is going to be playing the offense. Yeah, they definitely are very matchup dependent, I guess. But it's not any sort of thing I can predict, that's for sure. So while Michelle is more apt to go up and down, I would still give him the slight edge, although Edelman will be very attractive in PPR leagues and is still probably the de facto guy there with Brady until he retires or gets injured, etc. As far as throughout the season, I could see the undrafted free agent Damian Harris, who is a, a running back, currently 12th round ADP in standard leagues, I could see him coming in for Sony Michelle if there are any issues with his uh, with his health and longevity. He just had a knee operation. He was a little slow in some games and didn't play a couple games, uh, or at least parts of some of those games in previous years, uh, 2018 specifically. And if Michelle's knee acts up or there's other issues there on the field, then Damian would slot right in. They definitely drafted him as a guy that's got the same skill set as Michelle. And that's scary when you look at the Patriots because Belichick is not afraid to just rotate people in. He doesn't care if you're getting a lot of money. He doesn't care what your draft pedigree is generally. He'll just play whoever he feels like is going to do better that day. Yeah, definitely. So I, Damian Harris will get work, but I don't see him as being the guy unless Michelle goes to the sidelines. Yep, so you know it's kind of a shame that You've got a team that's this good with an offense that's this high-powered. There's not a lot of fantasy stuff that you can rely on past what you said, Julian Edelman, Sony Michelle, and the other guy you haven't mentioned yet is uh, James White, who in PPR leagues will be a top-10 guy again. He might be. There's a lot of running backs there, but but you know that's that's what the plan has been so far for sure. Nikhil Harry, as far as rookies, was a number 32 pick overall in the 2019 rookie draft and apparently is having some mental issues in camp. But you could consider every single rookie that there is when they arrive to the New England Patriots uh, training camp out of all the camps out there as, as probably a pretty good candidate to start having mental issues. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with him, but they definitely drafted him to be a number one receiver. And if that does happen, it's going to change a lot of the dynamics of this team. Uh, Jacoby Myers, again, that undrafted free agent, enjoying lots of hype. Uh, people are saying he could crack the starting lineup, but I don't see that in particular. I don't feel like Belichick trusts those guys as much as he does the veterans or the people that he spent more time with and developing the guys that have a history that he can look at. Damian Harris was drafted early to get some work, but again, will probably only go in to do a lot of work if there's something wrong with Sony Michelle. So I think Nikhil Harry is the number one rookie to look at here. He will clearly get playing time. They will clearly try to make him uh, a number one or as close as they can get to it. But uh, as far as if he's actually going to be uh, a number one or two receiver on this team, it's kind of up to him. 
Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I am reminded of is the fact that the Patriots aren't actually that great at drafting wide receivers historically. The the Belichick Patriots. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see Nikhil Harry as a bust. Um, but obviously, no one's calling him a bust yet. He's just you know having a slow start to camp. Yeah, we can't tell much right now. And and Nikhil Harry, he was going to be drafted high by whatever team drafted him. So it's not like they just plucked him out of you know the right, third round. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. This isn't just a Patriots special. This is a, a player that everyone had high on their list. So will Belichick ruin him or not? I don't know. It remains <laughs> it remains to be seen. Alrighty. Uh, any more notes on the Patriots? No, sir. All right. Dreamed I was an Eskimo. Frozen wind began to blow. Under my boots and around my toe. So, uh, the Super Bowl chance from two years ago. The Philadelphia Eagles. Um, they made the playoffs last year, but lost in uh, New Orleans in the second round. So uh, they definitely look to get back at least that far, I'm sure, this year. Um, so what has what's new on the Eagles? Um, the the big acquisitions for them are Jordan Howard, who uh, was the Bears running back for the last couple of years, and um, he was gotten for a sixth round pick next year. Uh, from the Bears because honestly he didn't fit the Bears system very well. Um, I, I don't particularly like Jordan Howard and the Eagles system either because the system that you know the Eagles and the Bears run are similar. Both those guys, both those coaches came from the Andy Reid tree, so I really don't know that Jordan Howard is going to be um, as good as advertised. If only you know, like I'm hearing the same things in camp that they used to say about him. You know, they used to say, oh, Jordan Howard, he's learning to catch passes, and this will be the year when he's able to catch passes out of the backfield, and yada, yada. They're saying the same thing this year. They said it every year in Chicago, and it's never been true. So um, the other big acquisition was Deshaun Jackson, who is back. Uh, Deshaun Jackson is um, currently being drafted as the 50th wide receiver off the board. So he's really uh, depth, and that's about it. Um, So... I really think that, you know, with Howard going in basically the ninth round, Jackson going in like the 14th round on average, um, they're fantasy relevant, um, but they're just going to be depth on your team. I strongly recommend against Howard. um, And Deshaun Jackson, I could see being uh, a guy that would be a nice bye week replacement who could wind up having a few big games if you're lucky to start him those weeks. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think Jordan Howard is that old, but it feels like he's nearing the end of his career. <laughs> <laughs> he does feel he's old for a running back. They they average like four years in the league, and that's it. Sure. Uh, and also, they don't have their safety blanket anymore for Carson Wentz. The former Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles has moved on to Jacksonville. Um, so it's Carson Wentz or bust now in uh, Philadelphia, and he was basically an MVP candidate two years ago. So it's not like they're you know being left high and dry. With Carson Wentz. Nope. Um, so, I don't really have any breakout wide receivers on the team for this year. They're pretty set. They've got a good veteran core of receivers. Um, but I do like Dallas Goddard, uh, or Godert. I'm not sure how you would pronounce that. Yeah, even when Ertz was on the field doing so well, he was still doing well. Yeah, he had uh, decent stats this past year. Um, I think he 
44 targets for 334 yards, four touchdowns. It's pretty good. Uh, he caught 33 of his 44 targets, so you know that um, they're, they're going to feel comfortable throwing him the ball. And the Eagles run a lot of the 12 personnel, which is two tight ends in the field. Zach Ertz is going to draw the attention. Deshaun Jackson is going to take the top off the defense. And Goddard can find one-on-one opportunities and be a guy who winds up being like a tight end 9 or 10 this year, which is completely fantasy relevant. Um, the best sleeper I see on this team is uh, Deshaun Jackson because, like I said, he's currently going in about the 14th round. So that is... You know, if you have a 15-team league, which I think is kind of standard, uh, you're already drafting a kicker and a defense, so you're only going to take 13 position players. So 15 rounds, right? You said 15-team. Oh, that's correct. 10-team, 15 rounds. If you have a 15-team league, you definitely draft Deshaun Jackson somewhere that's in there. That's an odd number of teams in more than one way. <laughs> it's going to be hard to do the schedule for that one, right? Uh, I agree. Uh, everyone gets a bye week yeah. every week. Um, so Dallas Goddard is an easy free agent pickup after the draft is over. You don't have to worry about uh, wasting a draft pick on him right away. Um, the main stud on this team is Zach Ertz. It's the only one who I can say without a doubt is the one is someone that you would want to own. Uh, he is currently the consensus tight end two, uh, being drafted at the end of the third round. I believe it is only Travis Kelsey above him in terms of ADP. Um, so in the ADP, by the way, is just kind of like a, a, a combination of the draft results from all the different ESPN and Yahoo and Fantasy Football Calculator and stuff like that. So far, I feel like the consensus is that the, there's only. Uh, three guys in the first tier of tight ends, and it's Ertz, Kittle, and uh, and Kelsey. Uh, there is one more guy. I f- oh, you're right because I think the tight end four is like Evan Ingram, and I would not put him. With yeah, he he's not quite uh, quite to the level, right? Or <laughs> uh, er, actually, OJ Howard is the fourth, um, but yeah, he definitely has a big drop off between him and Kittle. Um, so yeah, you know, Zach Ertz easily top tier tight end here. Um, his ADP is probably going to rise, um, because his numbers last year were insane. He had, I think 150 targets, which is like the top of the wide receivers numbers. We don't 156 targets last year, uh, 1163 yards, eight touchdowns. We haven't seen those kind of tight end numbers since Rob Gronkowski was a few years younger. Um, so I I really think that Zach Ertz is going to be awesome yet again. You know, if you are the kind of person that likes to take the tight end higher, or if you see good value at like the beginning of the fourth round with him, I'd say pull the trigger on Zach Hertz because um, he, he has been improving basically every year. Um, so guys to look at during the year, uh, like I said earlier, Dallas Goddard, he's a handcuff for Hertz. If you do end up picking Hertz, you may want to grab Goddard as the handcuff. Um, but I do believe he'll probably wind up being on the waiver wire for at least the first few weeks, unless he has a big game right away. Um, but look for, uh, how many targets he's getting. Look for how much he's on the field. If those numbers are both like high enough, then he's definitely gonna be somebody to keep an eye on. Um, so JJ Arcega Whiteside was, uh, a rookie is a rookie. Um, I forget when he was drafted, I think like the third or fourth round, um, so he is his ADP is beyond being drafted at the moment. Uh, he might have he he can definitely contribute to the team if one of the wide receivers goes down. There's three solid wide receivers. Well, there's two solid veteran wide receivers in Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. One very questionable veteran wide receiver in Nelson Aguilar. 
Um, so if Aguilar doesn't perform, if he gets hurt, if any of the other guys get hurt, I could see Arcega Whiteside definitely stepping into that role. Um, that being said, the number one rookie on this team is Miles Sanders. He uh, definitely can compete with like David Montgomery for being possibly the best rookie running back this season, um, along with Josh. Um, help me out here, Dave. You Jacobs. drafted him. Come on now, Josh. Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. <laughs> there you go. I got it. Well, they didn't feature him on Hard Knocks at all. He's probably very uninteresting. I don't know. <laughs> probably that's fine with me. <laughs> Give me a boring running back who runs forward. That's all you want. Yes. Uh, anyways, we'll talk about the Raiders in a couple of weeks. A uh, little little teaser there for you. Um, so at the moment, Miles Sanders is competing with Jordan Howard for the bulk of the carries. I suspect that Miles Sanders winds up being the main running back for most of the year. Uh, they do still have Wendell Smallwood, Corey Clement, Darren Sproles on the roster. Uh, those guys have all contributed in past years, especially Corey Clement. Wendell Smallwood was sort of like their guy of the future, but... With the drafting of Miles Sanders, it's clear that they want to move on to him at the moment. I think it's mostly Howard and Sanders, personally. That's what I think it's going to be. Uh, I agree. And whoever really... And I think Sproles will get like third down action. Sure. And whoever does the best job between those guys will will get the snaps. And that's, <sighs> I, I agree with you that it, it might lean Sanders. But hey, if Sanders gets injured or he's not as good, then Jordan Howard might have his last great hope, you know? Yeah, I just, you know, I wonder how many of the um, old Bears headlines are just going to recycle for Jordan Howard this Seven. Year. Seven of Seven them. Seven headlines. All right. Uh, that's it for the Eagles. I got I got nothing else for them. You got anything to add about the, the gang green? Uh, that's a different team, but. That's the Jets. We'll get to them later. I don't know the Eagles' nickname. No, I got I got nothing for Alrighty. Philly. Dirty Birds. Yeah, the Dirty Birds. No, that's the is it the Ravens? Who knows? Oh, Eagles are majestic, bro. <laughs> it's hard majestic to be. Fuck. It's hard to be majestic in Philadelphia. I think you're right. I think most people from Philadelphia would agree. There's a lot of cheese and garbage. That was my <laughs> that was my experience. It was like New York with what a bunch of fucking cheese whiz on the sandwiches. Which New I, York, if it was in Wisconsin. Why put cheese whiz on a sandwich, guys? And do it on purpose. And oh yes, the, the the on purpose part is what confuses me the most. Yeah, it's like, like no. oh, you're famous for a steak sandwich. That's amazing. This must be so good. Why would you put that goop on it? We could put understand. provolone on the steak and peppers, but instead we'll just put some some artificial cheese. Uh, does it come from a can? We'll see I really what... hope it comes from a can. No, it's probably from a vat at this point. <laughs> a giant foil bag. Well, if it comes from a three letter a three letter container. Then it's good. Oh boy. So the Miami Dolphins is who we're going to talk about next again in the AFC East from last year. Uh, they really tried to be a good team over the past couple of years. I've been watching them. Tannehill was their franchise quarterback. He did some right and some wrong. I I personally think a lot that, of wrong. I I personally think that there's a lot more wrong with that team than Tannehill. There was there was oh, re- yeah. receiver issues. There was offensive line issues, etc. And they still won a bunch of games, but they couldn't put it together. So they blew up the team, and they're they're now into a rebuilding phase again. And sometimes you just have to do that. It wasn't going to work. It's called tank mode, Dave. Yeah, well, it's clear that it wasn't working, right? Yeah. But they, they were successful in picking up Josh Rosen because of the Arizona Cardinals situation, which might be good for them or might not be. Josh Rosen was clearly one of the best, if not, or sorry, one of the worst, if not the worst quarterbacks last year. And you could blame it on a lot of things. That, I think that was a really interesting trade. You could blame it on a lot of things from Arizona. It could be the offensive line, et cetera. Or maybe he's just not that good. 
<laughs> right right now there's a Fitzpatrick and Rosen battle, which is going to be really entertaining because the Dolphins are, like you said, probably trying to tank a little bit so they can get some more draft capital well, uh, next year. Of course, when you want to be terrible and sell tickets, you sign Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, so there there's some turmoil there. We'll see what happens. Uh, it probably should be Josh Rosen, but I wouldn't be surprised if the season starts with a little Fitzpatrick. Uh, they recently acquired Alan Hearns from the Cowboys, who had one great year in Jacksonville, but hasn't done much after that. They drafted some running back depth in Chandler Cox and Miles Gaskin, and they picked up Dwayne Allen, who uh, left the Patriots to help out at tight end. So, breakout guys. Uh, I I really like Albert Wilson, who is a former Kansas City Chief. His ADP oh, yeah. is number 69 on the wide receiver, so again, pretty much undraftable or not being looked at. Gronk says nice. <laughs> as uh, as as he was on his way to being a breakout guy uh, last year, he went down with a season-ending hip injury. So he's not a he's not a new um, he's not a new guy in the fantasy world, but he is one that hasn't really had his year just yet. He we- is super fast though, and really fun to watch play. Yeah, in the seven games he played last year, he recorded the best yards after uh, catch per reception, which is 13.3, of any wide receiver with at least 35 targets. The cool thing about that is that it was so um, uh, head and shoulders above everybody else, the second best was a tie at 7.9. So sure. he, he was literally uh, almost five yards more than the second best guys. <laughs> I think that's a function of probably uh, Tannehill checking down a lot. And Wilson being able to break a few of those for like long touchdowns, just the facts, man. That's Which what I'm saying, and that shows what you're describing, but also uh, what a high level he was playing at for that short time. He's also number one over the last two seasons for forced missed tackles per reception, uh, the rate out of any receivers with a minimum of 25 receptions. And he was trending toward a stat line of 50-plus receptions for 800-plus yards and 8-plus touchdowns before going down with that hip injury. So if he's able to survive the regime change uh, in Miami, he should be one of the breakout guys on that team. He's a very talented football player. Do you like the Albert Wilson? I do. I uh, kept him on one of my dynasty teams this year. Um, I think that he can do a lot, especially early if Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, is is throwing the ball around the yard. So a sleeper for this year, I like Jakeem Grant. His ADP is 138, which is hilarious. Again, 138th wide receiver, too. Ap- right, <laughs> WR138. As we talked about earlier, after a certain point, it doesn't really matter what you are. You're not being drafted. You're just being selected out of thin air, out of a hat. You know, Of all those guys... Who's going to be the guy that has the biggest chance for me? So that's why he's a sleeper for me. He's a fourth-year wide receiver for the Dolphins that started as a kick return, punt return specialist. And uh, they asked him to learn to be an outside receiver in 2017. That uh, in 2018, after he was playing a little bit outside receiver, he suffered an Achilles injury that ended that season. But he was the second person uh, in the NFL's history after Andre Roberts who is still playing, by the way, uh, in to catch a touchdown pass and return both a kick and a punt for touchdowns. In, in like, the same season? In the same game. In the same game? Damn. Wait, no, maybe you're right. <laughs> I was going to say, that is some epic shit. I'll, right I'll look that up later. Maybe same season. But point being, uh, like, Devin Hester was a great kick and punt returner, and he also played receiver for a while. But Not he never, a great receiver. <laughs> but he never did that because he wasn't a great receiver. Exactly. This is true. 
So these guys, you know, maybe. But Jakeem Grant is only 5'7". He's a very small guy. Uh, however, if Fitzpatrick is throwing it around, like you mentioned, uh, you have that possibility of just needing that burner down the field, and Fitz can, can chuck it, and the Dolphins are going to be behind a lot. So this, this all adds up to the possibility of some of these guys breaking out for a lot of 80-yard plays, 60-yard plays, uh, and that's all you really need to win a game sometimes. A 60-yard touchdown at the end of the game? Oh, my God. Big plays, man. It makes or breaks the team sometimes. Studs on the Dolphins. There are no studs on the Dolphins, with the possible exception of Kenyon Drake. Uh, he is going. He's being drafted as the running back 26 right now. I would qualify a stud as an approximately top 20 player at their uh, respective position. A guy that you want on your team who's going to do well every game. Yeah, a guy who you're going to start every week without hesitation. And so I don't quite qualify Kenyon Drake. And there's a lot of talk about this right now because you've got Kalen Ballage, who was a rookie last year. And he uh, his ADP is the 45th running back off the board. And although Kenyon Drake showed a lot of great things, we don't know what this coaching staff is going to do, who they're going to pick as their starter. So it's really up in the air right now. But right now, Drake is uh, definitely being drafted as a, a running back to... Uh, basically running back two slash three for your fantasy team. Um, who could be a waiver pickup during the season? I like Kenny Stills, especially with a guy like Fitzpatrick or Rosen chucking the ball down the field. Again, in in games where uh, the Dolphins are behind, which we think, I think, I should say, maybe you agree with me, you can let me know. I think the Dolphins might be the worst team in the NFL. Um, You know... They might be. They're certainly in the bottom five. They're trying. <laughs> oh, they're trying. So so that can be good for your fantasy team if you pick the right guys that are the comeback guys, the sure. guys that are running down the field. we got a few more pretty bad teams coming up here, though. Uh, maybe. Uh, Kenny Stills, uh, his ADP hasn't been drafted in the 19th round, which means that most leagues will have him on the waiver wire still. And he is a guy who has demonstrated solid wide receiver two in three seasons in the past. So I believe, if I have this right, uh, 2016 and 2017, uh, he had really good seasons. And he could certainly come back to that form if he's being asked to catch the ball down the field all the time. Because that's what he does for a living. Yeah, now the big thing about Stills is like he made his name when he was getting the ball from Drew Brees. Um, but like you're saying, 2016, he did put up nine touchdowns. And he's had six the past two years. So he's got a nose for the end zone, and that's a good thing. Yep, and rookies that we want to talk about, again, Chandler Cox and Miles Gasking were both drafted for running back depth. I don't really think they'll provide fantasy value, but there is a guy to look out for. He's a 6'4", 211-pound receiver named Preston Williams, who is lighting up the camps in the preseason. Everybody right now says that he's been unbelievable. Of course, he was forced out of his college career at Tennessee due to a domestic violence arrest, but uh, he's just joining uh, you know, a, a large people that also check that column. I'm sure that Miami is a great place for a young man like that. <laughs> so, Dave, I'm disappointed you didn't mention Devontae Parker once. <laughs> you barely mentioned Alshon Jeffrey. I feel like you don't need to mention those people that we already know about. In Alshon's case, we know he's a solid WR2. In uh, uh, Devontae Parker's case, we know that he'll be disappointed. Yes, thank you very much. Very <laughs> Just waking up in the morning, gotta thank God. I don't know, but today seems kind of odd. No barking from the dog, no small. And mama cooked the breakfast with no harm. I got my grub on, but didn't dig out. Finally got a call from a girl I want to dig out. So hooked it up for later as I hit the door. 
Cause I got me a drop top And if I hit the switch I can make the ass Alright, let's head to Texas And we'll talk about the Dallas Cowboys So, what's new on the Cowboys? You wonder Not a whole lot, really Cole Beasley was... Uh, He's talking to himself over there, guys. I'm talking to the royal we. <laughs> Cole Beasley uh, is now in Buffalo, leaving his 87 targets behind in uh, Dallas. So it, it's not a lot to fill, admittedly. However, um, uh, that's, did, that's a good amount. It's, a it's good enough amount that Randall Cobb will try and most likely completely fail to fill. Randall Cobb will fail. Randall Cobb is going to be a disappointment, much like the aforementioned Devontae Parker. Um <laughs> So really, at least Cobb had some good seasons. Right? Yeah, but so Randall Cobb was on the <laughs> Packers last year, obviously, and they had wide receiver problems, and he could not produce. No, he's he's, he's heading pretty he's, much done. Him and Jordan Howard are taking a bus out of NFLville. So Cobb's ADP is two hundred nineteen overall. The WR seventy four, and that just backs me up. Is he's not someone who's draftable. So Jason Witten is going to return as uh, their tight end. He spent a year in the booth with ESPN, and he will not be missed by anyone at this table, that's for sure. Um, I'm not sure even his mother would miss him at this point. You've got a point, yeah. Uh, so, it, it, Behind the booth, that is. You know, that, in the booth. In the booth. That's, in the what, booth. that's what I'm saying. In the booth. I mean, I'm sure his mom would miss him. I hear him she's if, a huge uh, if he went missing, Tony Kornheiser so. fan <laughs> and Dennis Miller, and they, those guys only got one season. She feels really gypped. Um, anyways, if Jason Witten called and he's like, "Can we get on the podcast?" I'd be like, "I don't know. Like, I honestly don't know. I'm <laughs> we not might sure. have to save him till the end. I mean, when most people are, are done, I'm not sure if you. I'm not sure, man. I got to talk to Jason about this. We might be able to fit him in for like six. There's seconds. only room for one Jason on this podcast, and Witten just doesn't cut it. Sure. I mean, <laughs> I might be able to make way for a different Jason in the league, but I don't know who. Jason Kelsey. He's an offensive lineman. Is he related to Travis Kelsey? I believe, yeah, they're brothers. All right. Um, so, um, I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> you were talking <laughs> Anyways, about back in 2017. Jason Witten was the 10th best tight end in the league. That was his last year. Uh, he is an upgrade still over Blake Jarwin, who was the 26th best tight end in the league last year. Um, but Jason Witten is being drafted as like the 30th tight end right now. I think half the people drafting probably don't even realize he's back. Um, so his ADP of 284 overall means that he's a waiver pickup if you want it. Um, so there are uh, – I, I don't like to force the idea of a breakout player, but I do want to keep an eye on Michael Gallup. I'm not sure that he'll break out, but I like that he had 15.4 yards per catch last year. Um, and definitely since, as we've said, we don't think that Randall Cobb is going to work out at all, you may see a lot of Gallup uh, on one side of the field and Cooper on the other. He was great. I have him on a dynasty team. If you look at him at the end of the year, he he performed better and better as the year went on. And, I mean, he's the young receiver there. So Yeah, so his ADP is currently 163. That's the 57th wide receiver. Um, so if you want him, I think you should take him at the end of the draft as a flyer rather than trying to wait for him on the waiver wire. Um, though you may still find him uh, in your league. So, you know, keep that as a name that you look out for. Um, I also like Dak Prescott's value. Uh, his ADP is 139. He's the Blah. 21st quarterback going off the board, which doesn't mean that I think you should start him. Um, if you're the kind of person that likes to carry a backup, go for that. Uh, Prescott could also be valuable in a league where you start two quarterbacks. Um, Prescott has had six rushing touchdowns uh, in each of his three seasons. So he has a good floor for for him. Dak Prescott bad. <laughs> 
Prescott was like the fourth best quarterback in the second half of the year once they got Amari Cooper running. So I don't know if the Amari Cooper thing is going to keep working out. We'll find out. Um, so the stud on the team is very obvious. This is an easy one. It's Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I do not think that he is in a similar situation to Le'Veon Bell, um, where Bell was able to sit out a year and move on. Zeke is going to be under contract through next year. And if he happens to sit out a year, it'll just get pushed back a year. You should make sure to tell the Cowboys that they don't have to worry. I don't think they are. <laughs> I mean, I this you know this feels like negotiating tactic rather than a matter of principle. You know, so he can still get the franchise tag put on him after the contract is up. Um, so last year he was the only player to carry the ball over 300 times. That is something that is exceedingly rare in the league. I believe it has only happened once in the last once he, one person a year in the last three years where it used to happen an awful lot. Um, so he's a first round pick in all formats, ADP of four running back four. Uh, he's firmly the, in the top tier of running backs along with, um, Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey. And, um, who's the one I'm missing, Dave? How can I forget one of the top three or four <laughs> running backs? I don't know. Just sit there and let me score him. It's Alvin Kamara. Okay. Or is it Kamara? It's Kim- it Salmon? It's, it's Kamara like Camaro. Salmon? No, not Salmon. <laughs> Salmon Rushdie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's somehow I think that's not what uh, Jonathan was talking about. I don't however. think he was quoting Seinfeld. No. Jonathan Abram was not talking about Salmon Rushdie. Oh, okay. So, uh, waiver wires <laughs> to keep an eye on this year. I'll have the Salmon. Um, Really, just the guys who I mentioned earlier is all that I'm looking at. Michael Gallup, if he's still there. Jason Witten, if he has a good performance, he will be available because uh, when it comes to um, tight ends, you're always looking for tight ends unless you have one of the top four guys or three guys, as we said earlier. You're really not going to um, like have a lot of depth league-wide at the tight end position for fantasy players. So anyone who is performing well is, is going to be – a valid pickup. Salmon? Salmon Witten. <laughs> uh, rookies on the team, there aren't a lot, actually. The Cowboys didn't draft a skilled position player until the fourth round, and that was Tony Pollard. His ADP is sitting at 209 right now, and nobody's taking him, which means nobody's taking Zeke's holdout very seriously at the moment. Um, well, they did They did pick up Alfred Morris. Yes. Way way to go with the bumbling bumbler. You might as well go get Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. I love I would love at this point if Zeke just holds out because you're so firm that he's not going to be I don't awesome. I don't see it. I just don't see Le'Veon Bell was the exception, not the rule. <laughs> Trust me, I would love to see chaos reign and these guys to hold out and yeah, crazy but, stuff to but happen. But do you know what happens if some players to gain more if leverage? If someone sets overall. a precedent, then often other players want to follow it. Hey, if this leads to players having more leverage overall, I am all for it. Oh, boy. I just don't see it. Well, I, I did, just FYI, uh, see a lot of stuff about Tony Pollard being really good at camp. But again, yep. it's just like a lot of the other it's, players. It's camp blowing smoke. I mean, that's great, but they're probably playing against people that aren't tackling them and everything else. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have to play against Jonathan Abrams, Abram, who apparently doesn't understand that you're not supposed to tackle uh, and hit your own teammates very hard. Yeah, I mean, wait till Jonathan Abrams goes against uh, ah, Sean Jeffries. <laughs> I did it on Damn purpose. It. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Just add an S to things. It makes it easier. Okay. <laughs> All right. Any more for the Dallas Cowboys? Those both have S's already. We've had enough Cowboys. <laughs>
And like I said earlier, uh, if you pick up on the musical theme of the night, then let us know. Tweet us. Send us a message. Shoot us an email. Jason at Drink5. David Drink5. And uh, we'll send you something cool. Is this Metallica? This is Metallica. I don't know the song, but if you tell me the song, it, it might... Uh, it might give away. It might give away something. It, uh, it might give it away. <laughs> it's from the album Ride the Lightning. That doesn't give it away. That's a good album, though. I had it on vinyl. Ooh. I, not like I had a record player. Really. <laughs> I just had it on. I wanted to let people know I had it on vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Buffalo Bills are next, and I, I actually really i am enamored with the Buffalo Bills, and there's a couple reasons. One reason is because they had one of the best defenses last year. They were really, really good on defense. And the funny thing is, they played a couple teams towards the end of the year, and they didn't do very well. They but, were really fucking good on defense. But they were awesome at defense, and Josh Allen, the, the new quarterback that they drafted last year, second year Josh Allen, I think he, he's going to do really well. He was a great rushing quarterback. He's got a huge cannon of an arm. Um, and, of course, they had LaShawn McCoy, uh, but they went ahead and added Frank Gore and TJ Yeldon and drafted third-round rookie running back Devin Singletary. For, for some fun reading, Google LaShawn McCoy lawsuit. <laughs> uh, well, I'll let you guys do that and get back to us. But give us a synopsis real quick. Uh, he is currently being sued by his ex-girlfriend who is accusing him of um, staging a house robbery that uh, caused her, you know, where, where she was beaten and her jewelry was stolen. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what these guys get up to. It's crazy. <laughs> he wanted it back, apparently. But, but yeah, LaShawn McCoy, Frank Gore, TJ Yeldon, and uh, a pretty good-looking rookie, Devin Singletary, and I'm not talking about how handsome he is. Uh, wide receivers, John Don't Brown. Don't knock him either, Dave. No, I'm Give not. Some I'm not talking about it, good or bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, taking the fifth here. Uh, wide receivers, John Brown from the Ravens and Cole Beasley from the Cowboys and Tyler Croft, the tight end. So they really did sign a lot, and I'm not even talking about the guys they signed on the line. And they they further bolstered their already good defense. They really did a nice job in the offseason. They really I, did. I think John Brown could be amazing with Josh Allen. Well, let's let's settle down. As oh, we, I don't as want we, to tip your hand. As we, move, as we move through the, uh, the corridor of the Buffalo Bills uh, breakdown, who is uh, the breakout guy on the team? I like Zay Jones. Zay Jones was funny. I drafted him in Dynasty uh, two years ago when he was a rookie, and he didn't do very well. I'm going to consider him one of the first true third-year breakouts that we talk about tonight, if not the only one. I don't know. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll hold my thoughts till the end. But his ADP is 200. He's the 66th wide receiver coming off the board. Remember, he was picked by the Bills in the second round of the 2017 draft and ever since then has continued his production in an upward trend. Now, from 2017, where he admittedly didn't do very well, he more than doubled all the output from his rookie year in 2018. He did pretty well. Um, so, I mean, his stats rose to 56 receptions for 652 yards and seven touchdowns. And that was with a rookie quarterback. Exactly. And adding John Brown, adding in Frank Gore and TJ Yeldon, building up the offensive Ooh, the line. It's, it's really nice. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure that he is going to continue to rise up a little bit. Now, yeah. I, I'm considering... He had a really strong finish to the year. I'm considering him for a third-year breakout, which to me means, personally, that he's going to get over 1,000 yards. And he will be the number one receiver on this team. That would make him a wide receiver two or three in fantasy because if you have a good receiver on the Bills, you have to knock him down at least one notch uh, to see where he 
he actually is in because the NFL. Bills. Yeah, but Fair that's enough. that said, uh, it could be a good component for your team on that second or third wide receiver slot to throw in Zay Jones if he actually is going to do what I think he's going to. You were talking about John Brown, of course. He has played really well in the past, um, and John Brown's ADP is a surprisingly low 167, which is the 59th wide receiver taken from the board. He was pretty good on the Cardinals, but had issues with his health. I think However, that goes up. he still played a whole lot of games there, um, and more than a few good games with the Ravens, especially before Lamar Jackson took over and, and instituted his run-only offense. <laughs> so with Joe Flacco, for example, he was putting up a lot of points, but as soon as Lamar Jackson takes over, if you look at his game log, uh, he suddenly takes a big hit. So you can understand why his stats uh, are not the same throughout the season. Is it? Is it exactly? Yeah, so week uh, for Game 9, uh, they, had, they had Week 10 off, and then... In week 11, he comes back, and from week 11 to the rest of the year, he only hit his max was two catches in a game, and he only had uh, eight catches the rest of the year. Because Jackson wasn't slinging it. I mean, that's just all the, all there is absolutely, to it. Absolutely, absolutely. So, with Josh Allen, like you said, I like John Brown. His current ADP leaves him undrafted in some leagues. That's ridiculous. I think that John Brown will be boomer bust. I compare him to a guy like Mike Wallace, and I think he's clearly a wide receiver three or four. Uh, with games that he'll get 20-plus points in. So uh, you don't draft him as a consistent wide receiver on this team. However, you draft him as someone who you slot in uh, as your three or maybe uh, on bye weeks with the chance to be a game winner. He's going to be a hell of a deep threat. And, you know, by week four or five, we're going to know what teams have a really weak uh, secondary, and that'll be sort of a matchup thing that you can exploit. Yeah, so John Brown looks good. Zay Jones looks good. Um, Josh Allen's building up. Um, let's talk about the stud that you can draft on the team. There, There isn't one. The highest drafted player in this standard leagues uh, that are out there on the Bills is LaShawn McCoy, whose ADP is 101. So of all the teams that we talked about, I'm pretty sure this is the team that has the, the lowest ranked, uh, highest ranked player, if that makes any sense. Uh, sure. I know what you're saying. So younger talent is developing, needs more time to, uh, to figure itself out on this team. But I think that this could be the year where we start to see some of those guys moving up. And speaking of that, third round pick Devin Singletary, whose ADP was 142, uh, as of this morning, running back 53. He crushed it in college last year at Florida Atlantic. 33 touchdowns, over 2,000 yards from scrimmage, really highly rated running back. Uh, granted, he wasn't playing like the best of the best. However, he really did a good job in college. He's drafted here to be a successor to Frank Gore and LaShawn McCoy. If you look at LaShawn McCoy last year, he had 3.2 yards per carry. Frank Gore just turned 36. They clearly drafted Devin Singletary to be the number one running back. You know back Frank Gore is going to have like 980 yards this year, He's though. not. <laughs> He's not. <laughs> I've heard this before. So, he is going to push those guys. I think that he will finish the year as the starting Bills running back. And I know we've talked about this before, but Frank Gore wasn't even drafted to be the starter here. It's LaShawn McCoy still. They basically have... No, yeah. Frank Gore is a veteran, change of pace, uh, third down, take a series or two a game. I mean, he might be on this team for two more years. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think he's pushing 1,000 yards anymore. I mean, Frank Gore... (laughs) Man, he's 36. He almost did last year, though. 
That, was last, he like no? Last year he was, was like eight two eight hundred. Okay. The year before he was nine sixty one. His last year in Indianapolis. He's finally trending down, Jason. We've been waiting years for this. Oh man, it's been our whole lives waiting for Frank Gore to not be playing football. So it's going to be the Frank Gorisance. So Devin Singletary, I love the guy. He's not being drafted highly in redraft leagues. I say take a flyer on the guy. His ADP is one forty two, so he will get drafted in most leagues. So make sure to take him maybe the second to last round or something before someone else can scoop him up because I, I I would stake a lot of money on him being highly involved in this offense before the end of the year. Yeah, I see that as well. Um, other rookies, Dawson Knox could provide some value at tight end. Uh, he's got a good pedigree as well, and they really like him, but I don't think he's a recommendation for anything. But Dynasty Leagues, I would not draft rookie tight ends uh, on a redraft league ever, regardless of their pedigree. Well... There are a couple of rookie tight ends that were drafted high in the draft this year. Noah Font we'll and TJ Hawkinson. We'll get to them in future weeks, but yeah. I still wouldn't draft them They're in the a redraft exception league. to the rule, but I'm uh, on the same page as you. <laughs> I wouldn't draft them either. I'm not saying that they're not going to show up in the ADP as draftable. I'm not going to draft them. <laughs> uh, just like Jordan Howard, I'm staying away from that shit. That's right. When I'm out walking, I strut my stuff, and I'm so strung out. this one aren't you so we'll move on to the nation's capital and talk about the washington redskins so um last year they really uh had all kinds of turmoil at the uh quarterback position um alex smith broke his leg in a horrific fashion um colt mccoy tried his best to recreate that and then um uh you finished off the season with um yeah, I don't even remember who. But they wound up picking up... Mark Sanchez. Oh, man. I didn't want to remember who is what I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> so they picked up Case Keenum this year. So he's new to the team. Uh, but the big acquisition at that position is the rookie, Dwayne Haskins. Um, he's not really a threat, in my opinion, to start the season. But I would not be surprised if all four of the aforementioned guys wind up starting this year. Um, so They're not a threat to win the Super Bowl, is They're not a threat to win. So. I think is what I mean. Um, they are going to compete with the Miami Dolphins for crappiness in general. Just general crappiness. Um, salute to him. Uh, so they did lose Jamison Crowder to the Jets. Um, he only had 388 yards on 49 targets. That's not going to be hard to replace. Uh, what was interesting that I found is that the leading receiver That's on the Redskins fair. last year. Jamison Crowder was fantastic. Last year was just ridiculous. Last year was really <laughs> awful. Uh, Jordan Reed was the best pass catcher last year with 558 yards. No pass catchers on the team had more than two touchdowns. Exactly. So they're going to do better this year no matter what happens. I don't know that they're going to be super relevant, but they're going to do better than last year. Um, so um, this year breakout receivers, I like Paul Richardson. Um, if he's healthy, he's recovering from a shoulder injury he had back in November. I guess his recovery in camp wasn't as quick as they had hoped, but he's still got some time to get up to speed. Um, and, and this is a guy, Dave, I know who you liked when he was back on Seattle. Um, I hope he can finally live up to his potential. He's 
in his sixth year, but he's only started 23 games, so he doesn't have a lot of uh, wear and tear on him yet, aside from, you know, the injuries. Um, so his ADP is 269, the 88th wide receiver, completely undraftable, uh, and he is a long shot, but, you know, it's the Washington Redskins. I'm kind of grasping at straws here. Uh, so the, the only real breakout I could see at, it would be at running back, which is Darius Geis. He set out all of last season, uh, and now he's got a hamstring injury. Uh, but despite all of that, he is the highest Washington player on the list. Uh, his ADP is 65. He's the 30th running back off the board. Um, so he has the most potential of the unknown candidates, but he hasn't played yet in anything, in any games in the NFL. Um, so all we have to go I, on I have is... to mention Trey Quinn. I, I, uh, I, okay. re- I really like, uh, I like Quinn as the slot guy to replace Crowder. And I know there's going to be a lot of, um, a lot of, of passes there as checkdowns for, from a new quarterback. That's so a good point. Yeah. I, I do like Quinn as a, uh, as a possible guy to step up, but, but you're right. The running back has as much chance as any wide receiver of, of, of <laughs> catching out. a lot of passes. Yeah, in that definitely, offense. definitely. <laughs> um, so I, I wouldn't say that there's any sleepers on this team. Nobody who's going to surprise you. There is some interesting draft value right now. Um, Adrian Peterson, who had a decent season last year, some very good games. Uh, his ADP is currently 140. He's the 51st running back off the board. Chris Thompson, who I believe tore his ACL early in the year. Last year is at ADP of 192. He should be back and healthy. Uh, Chris Thompson out of the backfield was one of the most impressive uh, backs like that uh, two years ago. So um, only really eclipsed by what Christian McCaffrey did last year. So I I really think that if Chris Thompson is healthy and in the rotation, that he could be a major fantasy contributor this year. Uh, He's comparing Chris Thompson to Christian McCaffrey. I'm only saying that Christian (laughs) McCaffrey is better than him. (laughs) Uh, so the best wide receiver on the team last year was Josh Doxson, who is currently at an ADP of 285. Uh, and Jordan Reed has an ADP of 155. So you can have any of the Redskins quote unquote leaders from last year, um, at the very end of your draft. Surely you mean the most thrown at on this horrible <laughs> Redskins team because he wasn't Throw the best at. receiver at all. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> what a terrible team. Uh, so in my opinion, the Redskins could wind up being the least drafted team in fantasy football this year. We should we should uh, run a little contest just to see what happens between the Dolphins and the uh, Redskins players. I mean, on the Dolphins, you're going to have Kenyon Drake drafted, and I, I think some people might draft Ryan Fitzpatrick as a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I could see one Redskin player drafted and like two Dolphins. The the draft software we use actually keeps track of that, so we'll have to look. Okay, uh, we'll report back. Um, so is there a stud on this team? Hell no, there are no studs. If I were going to suggest a stud on this team, you would just turn off the show. So I don't want you to do that. We'll keep talking, but there are no studs on the Washington Redskins. Um, so during the season, if you're looking for waiver pickups from these guys. There's no one in particular who I want to recommend because I like to have a reputation as someone who at least knows a little bit about fantasy football. And I know that the Washington Redskins are going to be bad this year. So uh, as for rookies, obviously you've got Dwayne Haskins. He's the quarterback of the future. He is not really relevant in redraft leagues to start the season, though obviously he should be taken in your dynasty leagues. Um, That's, you know, he's definitely worthy of picking in your dynasty league. Um, 
He has the single-season passing record for passing yards and touchdowns at Ohio State. He was the 15th overall pick, the third quarterback taken in the 2019 draft. And so um, I totally assume he's going to get at least a few starts this year. It'll probably be towards the end of the year once the team has gone through their carousel of quarterbacks. Um, I can't imagine that it takes any longer than six games for Haskins to start. I mean, they're they're gonna put Colt McCoy out there like for it's six because games. they have McCoy and Keenum and Alex Smith that it'll take a little. Alex bit Alex Smith can barely walk right now. I think he's walking again. <laughs> oh boy, that's a long road back for Alex Smith. Maybe not. <laughs> I'm not sure. So uh, Terry McLaurin was drafted in the I believe third round. Yes, third round. Do you think the Redskins will do worse than the Giants? Oh, probably. Well, I would I would take you up on that. Probably, bet. maybe we uh, discuss that later. Is Eli Manning worse than Colt McCoy? No, I I don't know how to, <laughs> I don't know how to gauge these teams' terribleness. <laughs> yeah, it's just an off. It's like two this horses. Is a tournament of bad. Two three-legged horses racing. You know, for for a furlong. Like it's how do you decide? Oh man. <laughs> so Terry McLaurin is uh, a rookie who could wind up being a, a kind of a big shot here. I think probably more likely once Haskins starts playing because they were teammates in at Ohio State. Um, in fact, before the NFL draft, uh, Dwayne Haskins tweeted out that whoever picks him should also take at least one of his uh, college teammates as well. Um, and McLaurin ran a four three two forty at the combine, which is super fast. Um, yeah, it's Chris Johnson. Fast. I can't do anything in four point three two seconds. <laughs> and this guy goes forty yards. Uh. Uh, so, um, you know, if, if McLaurin and Haskins have a good relationship going, I could see it, it turning into a productive rookie year for them. Um, but again, nobody in that I just talked about is really draftable. I would even recommend against drafting Darius Geis. At least if, like, LaShawn McCoy was available in the 10th round, I'd take him. Although, no, that is exactly where he's being drafted, so I'd need to wait till like, the 14th round. Well, my favorite guy on the team is Trey Quinn, who you didn't mention. However, uh, it, it all depends on the quarterback, and we don't know what that is yet, so it's going to be tough to tell uh, what's going to happen. You're sure. absolutely right. And you mentioned him twice, and that's why we both do the show, Dave. Trey Quinn. Trey Quinn. I like some Croce. So we got we got two teams from New York to uh, close out the show. I read my mind. Uh, one's one's the Jets. One's the New York Football Giants. Gang Green, the real Gang Green. I don't like that nickname personally. It's it's weird. I mean, it, if anyone's going to be called Gang Green, it should be Antonio Brown. Oh, we can, we can change his nickname. Don't right? give it away, Dave. <laughs> um, so the Jets. What's changed last year? A whole bunch. Le'Veon Bell uh, was acquired by them. Jamison Crowder from the Redskins, um, which I think are both very impactful offseason ads. The, the Jets also brought in Ty Montgomery and Ryan Griffin, which are less impactful. But, but I think one of those are impacting much more than the other. 
but both for offensive depth. And in uh, Griffin's case, uh, he's going to be starting some games while Chris Herndon, who is the incumbent tight end, who was a rookie last year, uh, is suspended for four games for a DUI that he had last June. So some of these players are going to get some play, but with a guy like Le'Veon Bell, you're right, uh, a Ty Montgomery is not going to get any play time in that uh, traditional spot. However, uh, a guy like Ty might get broken out as a wide receiver or something, but not something that you're going to actually want to start for fantasy. We're looking at breakout players. We've been talking about it all night. Um, and he's had some good years already. But in 2019, fourth-year wide receiver Robbie Anderson is my guy to be a top 15 receiver in the league. And again, oh, yeah. when I say breakout, I mean someone who has more than 1,000 yards in a season, which he hasn't done yet. I think that Robbie Anderson, whose ADP is 74, wide receiver 29, he's obviously being viewed as more of a wide receiver 2 slash 3 in this case. Um, I think he's going to be more of a wide receiver to a high one. Uh, I think he's going to have some really good games with Robbie, with, uh, um, I'm sorry, with Sam Darnold. Sam. And uh, I, I think, although he's not a smart man, Robbie Anderson, uh, he's one of the best. Who down, is Dave? He's one of the best downfield receivers out there. I don't know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, maybe. Uh, yes, that's you know, <laughs> we know that one for sure. Uh, he was the number two wide receiver uh, in the entire league over weeks fourteen through sixteen, only behind DeAndre Hopkins last year. Over that span, he put up an average of twenty plus fantasy points per game, and adding in Le'Veon Bell as an additional threat. I don't see how Anderson is not going to get open and have more of those long field touchdowns that you see all the time on red zone. He's a highlight guy. You know, uh, he's a he's a natural highlight film. He's fun as hell to watch. He just needs to kind of get it together in, in his own personal life. Right. Because you could draft a guy like that and have it all ruined in Keep week three. Keep your cabeza straight. Because uh, he got mad because he couldn't find the keys and punched out his girlfriend or something. And that's the kind of thing that I could see coming from this guy, unfortunately. Is that what happened? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I love Jameson Crowder. You mentioned before that it wasn't going to take much to replace him, and I know that you were saying that in the frame of Not, what happened last year. Exactly, because he, he got injured. He was very unproductive last year. And his uh, ADP is terrible right now because of that. Yes. ADP of 213, wide receiver 71 off the board right now. That's ridiculous. Crowder has been great in 2016 and 2017, he averaged 100-plus targets and 66-plus receptions over those seasons. Now he goes into the Jarvis Landry slot role with Adam Gase. He's a great wide receiver. He's got great hands. Are you referring to Jarvis Landry's role back when he was on the Dolphins? Correct. Okay. we got we got to roll with the punches here, my friend. I just wanted to uh, <laughs> help out the people to connect the dots. Well, if they have to play connect the dots, then maybe they shouldn't be listening to this show. I don't know. It's a... It's, uh, this is for advanced fantasy players only. Yeah, you you have to be able to do Sudoku like at least uh, some fairly at least on a medium scale intermediate Sudoku. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> no, like I, the New York Times Wednesday crossword puzzle. I've never done that one. I don't know. Well, it gets harder throughout the week. Okay. Have do you do those puzzles? I used to do them on occasion. I know my dad does the Sunday. You know, a lot of people like to do the Sunday one because it's the hardest one. Huh. It's like the big one. That's interesting. But I know, like, on Wednesday, it's a lot easier. Maybe I should try this crossword puzzle. They're fun. Or I could just watch football. Or you could do Sudoku. Or I could just watch football. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Crowder, who has had great stats in the past with quarterbacks that were not that great, should do pretty well with an up-and-coming Sam Darnold and an up-and-coming offense that's looking good on the Jets. 
He was the wide receiver 41 in standard in 2017 and 33 in PPR. He's a great speculative pickup. If we look at where he's being drafted as the number 71 wide receiver, you need to pick him up at least 20 uh, guys ahead of that. Or else, I mean, I, I would say maybe 25. Are you, so, so you're looking at him at like the end of your draft? As like a to to finish out your wide receiver core. If you're in a PPR league, you need to be drafting him as your wide receiver for like five, six, whatever is at the end of your wide receiver list. I'd say you generally draft six of them. Yeah, so get him as your wide receiver five. He could be the wide receiver three. So it's 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 a pretty interesting situation there. Sam Darnold can sling it. Um, the stud on this team is Le'Veon Bell. That's without a doubt. His ADP is seven. He's the sixth running back off the board. And that's even with all these questions that have occurred. And is he really into football? And did he really know what he was doing? Uh, I think the answer to a lot of those questions might be no, but it doesn't really matter because he's an extremely talented running back and he's going to run these guys exactly as he's told to. He's going to be catching passes out of the backfield. He's one of the best to do it. Um, and he the problem is that he doesn't have the offensive line of the Steelers, but with all of these uh, wide receiver threats that are on the line that are you know pressing that uh, defense backwards, it's not like they can just stack the box against Bell. They can't. Right, right. There is too much talent at the wide receiver position. If it was the Giants, for example, you know, then maybe I would say, ah, eh, Bell. I don't know. You're the Giants old. are going to face like ten man boxes. You like rep too much, you know. <laughs> but but I think Bell will be fine because they have a kind of a balanced new offense. I like it. Okay. Um, who could be a waiver pickup during the season? As Chris Herndon is the guy that I'm looking at. He is currently going as the 23rd tight end, ADP of 201. He's suspended for four games to start the season, and this is an easy one because no one's going to draft him to begin the season. This is true. But uh, he's a guy to look at in the third week, for example, picking up off the wire because he was the tight end 15 in standard leagues last year, and he played several games in tight end one territory. So I think with this offense, again, picking up uh, and the physical talents that Chris Erndon has already showcased, I think you could pick him up uh, and have him be a top 10 tight end for the second half of the year and pick him up for nothing, no draft stock. So that's a that's a guy that I would totally plug uh, to be picked up before his suspension ends. You're going to see him, like you always do, on all these waiver wire articles everywhere, and it's going to happen the week before. So what I would always recommend to everybody, if you're eyeing people and you're eyeing picking them up because of an injury, because of a suspension, you should pick them up two weeks before they are actually slated to come back because then no one will be your competition. This is true. That's great advice, Dave. And rookies on the team, they drafted Trevon Wesco as tight end depth, but I don't think he'll have much fantasy relevance. I did want to mention Quinnen Williams, who should be an amazing defensive lineman, but doesn't apply anything towards fantasy football. <laughs> Maybe you want the Jets defense. Who knows? Man, back when this guy was playing, they were the New York Football Giants. 
So, uh, for the Giants, the biggest change this year, obviously, is going to be the lack of Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, he's going to be on the Browns, and that's going to be fun, I think. Um, so, they did, in return, get Kevin Zeitler, uh, one of the best offensive guards in the league. Um, so, that should improve the running game, which is awesome for them because they already have a great running game and a great running back, uh, which we'll get to in a moment. But, um, you know, the loss of Beckham is not going to be an easy thing to replace. He had 124 targets last year. They do have Golden Tate. He is new to the team. He will try to pick up the slack. Um, but he is suspended for the first four games of the season due to failing a uh, PED test, which he claims was because he was taking fertility drugs. So um, I don't know what to think there, really. Uh, I think that he had an appeal yesterday. I haven't heard the result of the appeal. He's not going to win the appeal. Yeah, the, it really sounded very unlikely that he was going to win the appeal. You have to pay more attention. So, <laughs> uh, Golden Tate will be a very high-volume PPR receiver when he returns. He's a cheap price. His ADP is 111, WR44, uh, for a guy that in PPR easily will be a WR2, um, in my opinion, just because they're going to be playing from behind a lot this year. And that's what happens with wide receivers. Remember Cecil Shorts, our favorite play from behind guy. So I, I must put in my two cents, which is that I don't think he'll be a wide receiver too in the league just because I think the Giants are taking a tumble offensively. Are the Giants the worst team that we've talked about today? No. I think I, that the Redskins I think, are probably going to be worse. I think the I think the Redskins and Dolphins will be worse than the Giants. But yeah. these are all teams in the bottom five. They don't have anyone like Saquon Barkley. The yet. funny thing is those three teams – uh, from the East are all in the bottom five. So They are. They are definitely <laughs> in the bottom five. But I do like Tate, uh, and I think you're right. In PPR, he's automatically has better value. He he should be drafted above his ADP. So I, I agree with you there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's being drafted at the beginning of the 12th round. Uh, you know, don't hesitate to take him in, like, the 10th. That's, that's not going to hurt your team. And he could wind up being a good asset. Um, so nobody really stands out to me as a third-year uh, breakout player, mostly because of the presence of of Eli Manning. There, there, there is no such thing as blossoming youth when you're near Eli Manning. He just sucks the life out of everything and makes it boring. Um, so um, it's certainly possible that one of the wide receivers on the team steps up, uh, like a Sterling Shepard, like Cody Latimer, Bernie Fowler, Russell Shepard. Um, if, if a breakout is 1,000 yards like I qualified it as being, Shepard had 872 last year. So he would be the closest with 107 targets. Sterling Shepard, right? Not Russell. Yes, correct. Okay. So yeah, um, but he also, you know, hurt his thumb earlier in the year. We'll see how how well he's catching the ball right now. Um, I do like Golden Tate as like basically the only sleeper. He was on the only team. he was only making one handed catches, and so so he learned from Odell. <laughs> uh, Sterling Shepard's being drafted at ADP 98, his the 38th wide receiver off the board. I would rather wait and take Golden Tate. Just because neither of those guys are going to be starters at the beginning of the season for you anyways. So don't worry about waiting those four games for Golden Tate, in my opinion. Um, so the the one guy you can draft without hesitation um, on one of the worst teams in the league is one of the best fantasy players, if not the best one uh, right now. His current ADP is one. He is Saquon Thunderthighs Barkley. Um, he's going to have a huge percentage of the offense going through him this year. You always see that stat uh, later in the year 
when you have guys like uh, Le'Veon Bell or David Johnson or Matt Forte on teams where they use a guy for like 40% of their offensive plays, that's what you're going to see with Saquon Barkley. But don't you think that there could be an issue with him this year if there is no Odell? I mean, he's never played without someone stretching the offense. He's he's never played with a, like a team that doesn't have any other wide, uh, wide receiver options. Uh, Odell went out last year in the last... He, he didn't last all year. He only played 12 games. Um, he, I believe, missed then the last four games of the year or something like that. And Saquon Barkley was still lighting it up. So I, I think that it's going to have more to do with just getting the checkdowns during garbage time where he's going to put up a lot of numbers. I mean, Barkley had over 2,000 yards last year. If he puts up 1,500 yards this year, that's worth picking him first overall. Um, so Barkley in the first game where... Beckham was out at 170 yards rushing, 27 yards receiving. He did struggle against Tennessee and Indianapolis, but then had another big game against Dallas. I don't so, feel like he's going to be the kind number, of a mixed bag. I don't feel like he's going to be the number one guy this year because of that. What I'm saying, but I'm not saying that he will be a bad player. He's clearly a top three running back and maybe top three player in the league. So I'm saying, aside from like Ezekiel Elliott, I don't think there's anybody who you can depend on for more volume and more touches this season. Who, who you can be pretty much certain of. Um, so if you like him and you have the first overall pick, you know you have my blessing, take him. Um, so during the season, it's certainly possible that a guy like Benny Fowler, Cody Latimer, Russell Shepard could step up due to the lack of depth at the wide receiver position, but I wouldn't count on it because Eli Manning is the one throwing them the ball. So until Daniel Jones is able to step in, uh, I, I don't know. I mean... It was. It's really weird the Eli Manning situation, uh, because, you know, he he got benched a year and a half, like at the end of last year, right? Uh, or was it two years ago? Because um, there were there were different coaches. Yeah, the different coach, and they wanted to try the other guy, but then he started playing again the next week. Um, but he really, <laughs> he doesn't deserve to play, in my opinion. He's not a good quarterback anymore. He needs to step back and be a backup, or I don't know. It's not really the way that veteran uh, quarterbacks go in this league. But, um, you know, I, I assume that this is the year for him to mentor Daniel Jones and that Daniel Jones, the sixth overall pick this year, will be starting by week eight or nine. You know, once the Giants are one and nine, you know, they're going to start Daniel Jones instead of Eli Manning. Maybe, but he's not really relevant as a quarterback, in, no. in my opinion. Dynasty relevance only at yeah, this point. Sure. No redraft relevance. It might um, take him a couple years to be, you know... And nearly all of the other draft picks that the Giants had, and they had a lot of them, and especially early, uh, went on the defense. So that may help out the team a little bit uh, by you know keeping the offense on the field and giving them more opportunities, uh, keeping them from being too far down in games, which should help the running game. Uh, maybe their defense is worthy of some uh, DST starts, but I, I don't know how to predict that really. I, I always... And one for streaming defenses. Um, so that's about all I got on the New York football giants. Dave, anything for you to add on any of the teams that we talked about? No, but I have I have a couple of, of, of wagers that I would do with you. My, my first would be that Shepard will have more fantasy points than Tate easily. Uh, my second is that the, uh, the Redskins... In a standard league? The Redskins will have... Yes. Okay. Uh, my second is that the... Uh, the Redskins will have, uh, what did I say, a a better record than than the Dolphins. 
or the Giants? A better record than the Giants. I agree with that. <laughs> oh, no. I don't agree with that. That's what I'm saying. Oh, and uh, I think the third thing I was talking about was uh, that Saquon Barkley will um, finish the year not as the number one running back. I, well. <laughs> Do you want to take me up Am on I any taking of Saquon and you're taking the field? <laughs> that's correct. Oh, I would need some odds on that one. That's for sure. Would you take any of those bets? For a, for a pizza on a podcast? Um, I like the Redskins versus Giants bet. So that's uh, regular season record. Regular season wins, yeah. I, I would take the Giants in that situation. Great. And we could get a pizza for the podcast. Yeah. Um, if you want to give me points on Tate, I'll do the Tate Shepard bet. Points? He's, only, he's not going to get as many games. But you told me you draft him uh, ahead of Shepard. Because I'm not starting either of them in the first oh, couple I weeks see, anyway. I see what you're saying. It's more of a, you know. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, maybe we don't do that one just because it, it just takes some math to figure out. So. That is that is a math <laughs> kind of. But I'll issue. do I'll do Redskins Giants uh, record straight up, um, and we'll we can throw in the uh, um, we can throw in the Saquon thing for. Uh, for an order of uh, of like a side or something. <laughs> if if Saquon winds up being the first, you have to buy like pizza and beer and sides. <laughs> okay, we'll just do Redskins Giants. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. All right. All right, guys. Join us next week and we will have our good buddy Tad Bukowski on the show. And we're gonna talk about the Western divisions, the AFC West, the NFC West, and uh, all the teams that go with that. I'm just going Oh, I picked the song with like an eight minute intro. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Good night. <laughs>